Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, July 28th. On this date in 1945, a U.S. Army bomber crashed into the 79th floor of the Empire State Building on a foggy morning. 14 people died in the crash. And on this date in 1943, President Franklin Roosevelt announced the end of rationing of a product most of us would have a hard time living without these days. Can you guess what it is? I'll have that answer in a few minutes. But first, let's head to the First Alert Weather Center to check out your Thursday forecast. A good Thursday morning to you, meteorologist Joey Sovine. Starting out near 80 degrees, very warm and muggy this morning. We'll be at 91 at lunchtime and mid-90s for highs this afternoon. Another very hot and humid day ahead. Heat index around 105 degrees this afternoon. Stay cool, stay hydrated, take, try to take lots of breaks in the shade, if at all possible, today under mostly sunny sky. Very small chance of rain, only about 20% today. About 20% chance of rain tomorrow and for the weekend as well. No change in sight until maybe early next week when we may start to see a slightly better chance of a few afternoon storms, but the heat's going to stick around. High temperatures in the 90s through the middle of next week. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Aisha Tyler and Michael Higdon have your headlines. New this morning, a person is dead and another in the hospital after a crash out of Berkeley County. The State Highway Patrol says it happened last night around 1040. Troopers say an SUV was traveling south on Wild Game Road near Woodrow Road. The SUV ran off the right side of the roadway and hit a tree. Troopers say that driver died at the scene. The passenger was taken to a nearby hospital. The crash remains under investigation by Highway Patrol. We now know the name of a person killed in what Charleston police says is an accidental shooting. The Charleston County coroner has identified him as 23-year-old Ezekiel Dinu. Now, Jeremy Herwig is charged with involuntary manslaughter in that shooting. He's accused of shooting Dinu at a home last night on Jewel Street on Johns Island. Herwig is behind bars on a $50,000 bond. The former CEO of Palmetto State Bank, who was accused of helping disgraced former Lowcountry attorney Alec Murdoch, appeared before a judge yesterday. Russell Lafitte is facing a five-count indictment from a federal grand jury. Those charges include conspiracy to commit wire fraud, bank fraud, and misapplication of bank funds. Lafitte is accused of helping Alec Murdoch divert nearly $2 million from clients in three separate instances. Lafitte was given a $500,000 bond during an arraignment in Charleston yesterday. Murdoch, meanwhile, is behind bars on dozens of charges, including, most recently, the murders of his son and wife. An Orangeburg man facing murder and attempted murder charges has been denied bond. Andre Green is accused of shooting his 14-year-old son and his wife at their home Monday night. His son died. His wife survived. 
This is video of the 46-year-old in court yesterday. The Orangeburg County Coroner's Office confirmed that 14-year-old Dacron Green died of a gunshot wound. The motive for that shooting is still unclear. Green's first court date is set for September the 26th. Well, August is right around the corner, and that means millions of children will start returning to their classrooms. And this all comes as COVID-19 cases are rising nationwide, fueled by the BA5 subvariant. And new research shows John Lawrence reports. School is back in session in Newington, Connecticut, where students and teachers were greeted with signs saying facial coverings are necessary for most of the day. Coming back, it's going to be great to see them and their smiling faces Well, when we take mask breaks, but um, to, just to get to learn with them instead of being through a computer face to face. According to a new CNN analysis, less than 50% of children and teenagers are fully vaccinated against COVID-19, with only about 10% getting booster shots. That's a trend the Biden administration would like to change. Every person aged five and over should get a booster shot. But a survey released Tuesday by KFF shows 37% of parents with children between 5 and 11 years old say they will not get their kids vaccinated. 28% of those with 12 to 17-year-olds say the same. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization is calling on people of all ages to roll up their sleeves. If significant numbers of health workers, older people, and other at-risk groups remain unvaccinated, deaths will continue, health systems will remain under pressure, and the global recovery will be at risk. This is not theoretical. This is real. I'm John Lawrence reporting. Well, Los Angeles County, which has a high COVID-19 community level spread, is expected to announce a decision soon on whether to enact a universal indoor masking mandate. The Department of Health and Environmental Control is also urging families to get their kids vaccinated against COVID-19 before they return to the classroom. DHEC data shows that fewer than one in five kids ages 5 to 11 are fully vaccinated at this point in our state. The Health Department recommends families adding uh, getting the COVID shot to their back-to-school checklist. To prevent this increase that we're seeing currently in cases from becoming an unwanted longer trend, we need to continue to increase our vaccination rate in the state, especially among children, so that they can focus 100% on school and not have to worry about missing days or missing events or classes or having their schedules altered due to COVID-19. When it comes to masking, DHEC says its approach is to let schools make what they think is the best decision for their students and staff, keeping in mind the current situation. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is clearing the way to distribute and administer hundreds of thousands of additional doses of the monkeypox vaccine here in the U.S. The agency announced the doses will be supplied by a plant in Denmark. Officials with Health and Human Services said the move will make 786,000 more doses available in America. That's on top of the more than 310,000 already delivered just in anticipation of the approval. The department anticipates making about 1.9 million doses is available this year. Two Charleston area judges are being considered for a seat on South Carolina's Supreme Court. The Judicial Merit Selection Commission released the names for multiple judicial positions. Stephanie Pendarvis McDonald of Charleston and Maite D. Murphy of North Charleston are both being considered for the fourth seat on the state Supreme Court. The commission will be holding public hearings starting in November.
South Carolina's Lieutenant Governor is officially back on the Republican ticket for re-election in November. Yesterday in Columbia, Pamela Evett filed for a second term as Governor Henry McMaster's running mate. South Carolina had separately elected its governor and lieutenant governor until 2018, so this is the first time a joint gubernatorial ticket is up for re-election. Evett listed the state's recent record income tax cuts, including the elimination of taxes on military retirement income among South Carolina's latest accomplishments. Governor McMaster's Democratic challenger, Joe Cunningham, will be announcing his running mate pick in Greenville on Monday. Tens of thousands of people serving punishments for felony convictions in North Carolina, but who are not behind bars, can now register to vote and cast ballots this fall after an appeals court ruling. According to CBS News, the State Board of Elections says expanding the scope of those able to register and vote began yesterday. This follows litigation challenging a 1973 law preventing someone convicted of a felony from having voting rights restored while on probation, parole, or post-release Supervision. According to evidence cited in a 2021 trial, more than 56,000 people in North Carolina were prevented from registering under the challenge law. Unless the Supreme Court reverses the trial court ruling for now, these applicants will be able to vote beginning with the November general election. A construction worker has died from electrocution at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport. This happened Sunday morning. The North Carolina Department of Labor is investigating what happened. But they say that worker, 40-year-old James McKenzie, died. The investigation could take as long as a month. Well, today, local and state officials will be celebrating the grand opening of a nearly 200-year-old manufacturing company's new Cooper River site. Governor Henry McMaster, Berkeley County officials, and others will be getting a first look at that new site. Lauren Quinlan joining us live. And Lauren, how will this be impacting the community? Michael, Aisha, DuPont officials told me as they are continuing to expand, they'll need to do the same with their team. As of now, they are looking to take on about 50 new employees, and they're excited for the community to apply. At the new Cooper River site, they'll be producing Livio, which is a pharmaceutical-grade tubing. Bill Alexander with DuPont says with the COVID-19 pandemic, they were able to support health care in some way and are looking to further this. The Cooper River project has been about a year and a half in the works, making it one of the largest investments the site has seen in recent years. Although they don't have any South Carolina-based customers, Alexander says they are always looking to expand. We're grounded in four core values. One is safety and health. Two, protect the planet. Three, respect for people. And four, highest ethical behavior. But to me, there's no greater way to respect people than to provide a safe workplace. 378. As of today, this is the number of days the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, has recorded an injury-free record for the entire DuPont site for combined employees, contractors, and visitors. There is going to be a grand opening at the site this morning at 10 a.m., and if you're looking to join their team, click on this story on Live5News.com. Reporting live in Monk's Corner, Lauren Quinlan, Live5News. Earlier, I mentioned the end of rationing of a popular product as of this date back in 1943. That product was coffee. During World War II, rations limited coffee to just one pound every five weeks. Could you get by without your morning cup of joe? Well, I know someone who can't live without lasagna. That's Garfield the cat. And the cartoonist who brought him to life, Jim Davis, 
turns 77 today. Actress Sally Struthers of All in the Family fame is 75. CBS News anchor Scott Pelley turns 65 today. Actress Elizabeth Berkley of Saved by the Bell is now 50. And 90210's Dustin Milligan is 37. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.